1: What's up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, how are we doing?
2: Kyrie Irving Chaos Part 3, I guess, if this is the podcast name.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe Part 3, Part 25. I'm not really sure where we're at at this point. We're going to jump into some more Kyrie trade request stuff, potential packages, and more. You can check the buzz on all streaming platforms. But Jack, where do you want to start?
2: I want to start with the reaction from the team overall, Nick. And we got Jacques Vaughn, a couple of quotes from Nick Claxton. I'll read them out and you can sort of respond. Jacques Vaughn said when asked if he feels Kyrie is letting the team down, he said this, I think you have a responsibility as a basketball player like I do as a coach. I show up, I do my job, Every single day, that's what I sign up for. And that's my expectation for 1 through 17. He did also say this as well. And I, I thought it's important to include both of the things that he said in relation to it. He said on Kyrie Irving, there's a business side to this thing. And there's a human side to this thing. I elected to touch on the human side and check on him as an individual. I'll leave the business side to Sean and that group. You alluded to you know, his humanity and, and the charisma that he sort of has and the empathy he has on the last game recap. Make sure you check that one out. And then Nick Claxton, Nick. Nick Claxton said that he had no idea he, he, in, in relation to, this is from Michael Scotto, Nick Claxton said he wouldn't try to talk Kyrie Irving out of his trade request. He was then asked if there was a window for Irving to return to the Brooklyn Nets. He said, I have no idea. I just work here at the end of the day. I think he also <laughs> said that he found out um, He found out while he was having a nap, similar with, with KD, with some of his stuff as well, with Steve Nash. So those little things, Nick, well, what do you take away from uh, the quotes?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously I love the Jock Vaughn stuff. I think it it says a lot about him. And obviously there is two sides to it and you know, Vaughn obviously is not the one dictating Kyrie's contract extension or that type of stuff. And, you know, if for some reason Kyrie isn't traded and he's, you know, playing for the Nets the rest of the season, that bridge is not burned because, you know, there's still a level of respect between those two. But I think uh, the clax comment also, I think we heard from Royce O'Neal as well. You know, everyone just was surprised. You know, it just was a thing that no one really anticipated, especially given how the season has played out and how much success they've had as a group and even the unity of the team, you know, in, in terms of just how they've been on the court, off the court. And, you know, obviously we touched on some of the the stuff even Kyrie Irving has said about, quote-unquote, guys being locked in this season more than last and, you know, competing for a championship and all these different things. So it feels like it caught everyone off guard from the top to the bottom of the Nets organization
2: yeah to some dumb Aussie podcaster down under as well Caught certainly me by surprise as well and while my partner thinks it's yesterday's news it is frustrating that we have to keep doing these recaps it's news that we need to keep uh, talking about because we got something from Woj as well Nick in terms of he sort of said that the LA clip is a, a part of now the, the pursuit of Kyrie Irving take that from what you will is that <laughs> Woj leaking it from Steve Barmer or is that Woj leaking it from Sean Marks but I think the key takeaway from it Nick because we've discussed all the teams already make sure you listen to that one guys you can listen to these two sort of together as a part one and part two the quote that i'll take from this article the nets are proceeding in talks throughout the league as though they're determined to find a deal for irving ahead of thursday's nba trade deadline at 3 p.m sources said Brooklyn has been working to find deals that can keep them in contention with the relatively imminent return of all nba star kevin ran who's been out since mid-january with an mcl sprain that, to me, is is Sean Mark speaking through Woj at least somewhat. And it looks like maybe tomorrow or maybe the next day or over the next couple of days, we might be doing some sort of emergency pod about a Kyrie Irving trade. You know, my sort of steadfastness playing chicken seems less and less likely.
1: Yeah, I think um, this is Sean Marks applying pressure to some of the potential Kyrie Irving suitors. You know, I mentioned to you off-wax that, you know, This could be them putting pressure on the Lakers. The Lakers do not want to see Kyrie Irving go to the Clippers. Obviously, playing the same town and Kyrie could push the Clippers to a championship or he could potentially push the Lakers to a championship. And I think Marks wants to get this done because not only do they want to showcase to Kevin Durant like, hey, these are the pieces we have moving forward and maybe we can compete for a championship. But they also want to leave room to make another move. You know, if they similar to last year with the James Harden, Ben Simmons stuff, you and I talked about like, oh, maybe they can move one of these picks right away and get Jeremy Grant. Well, there really wasn't enough time for the Nets to actually probably put together an array of moves where if they get this deal done, let's say tomorrow or Monday, now there's a day or two to add potentially another role player or move some of the picks you acquired or move some of these other parts around to build your roster and potentially kind of change the identity of your team and giving yourself an opportunity to compete for a championship. I, I don't see there's a scenario where the Nets can be favorites or anything like that, but if they can stay around this potential realm of contention, that's enough, I think, because all it takes is one or two injuries from, knock on wood, I don't want anyone to get hurt, but from the Celtics or the Bucks, and next thing you know, the Nets are in the Eastern Conference Finals, and one series with Kevin Durant, we've seen what's happened before
2: yeah exactly you know injuries and health play such an important part to to the success of of any team season and the nets have been on the the bad end of that many 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 a times now nick we also saw like a little tidbit of the, the apparently the bulls Apparently, have a bit of interest per mark j spears not how totally sure how you know real realistic that is we haven't got that from mojo or Sam, shams necessarily so yeah i think that the lakers the suns the mavs now the Clippers sort of being in in the ballpark seem to be the teams that are making the most sense I think before and in fact let's just get right into it in terms of the teams that could I put this out there and I want you to sort of respond with your so your response Suns Lakers Mavericks Clippers I'll throw in the Bulls which team can make the best package for the Nets in a Kyrie Irving trade
1: I think the Suns can. I think they have the combination of players that can help the Nets win now that aren't carrying a ton of value for most teams in the league but could carry more value for the Nets. I'm looking at Chris Paul, you know, Jay Crowder, and they still could offer a pick with not feeling terrible about it because they have all their picks moving forward because holding out for Kevin Durant this past summer. So I think the Suns have the best combination of assets where the Nets could acquire potentially players from them and maybe land a pick that they could use to send to Toronto for maybe an OG or Gary Trent or something along those lines. So I would put the Suns number one. What about you, Jack?
2: I'd probably put the Suns number one as well. If we're looking at like the best player in it is Chris Paul. That probably... Maybe you can make an argument for Zach Levine. I think those two are on a similar sort of realm, fringe, all-star-esque. You know, probably not at their best, you know, at at this stage of their careers for differing circumstances. So, And there might be three-team sort of scenarios. I think that the whole package is going to matter as well, Nick. I think... Maybe not necessarily the picks because of the opportunity to win a championship this year, but the high level of role players that could be available, you know, Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, you know, if you're getting the Raptors involved, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith, all these sort of guys. Are going to matter as well. And I sort of alluded to when we saw packages like of, of the Nets getting OG Ananobi, Mikael Bridges, like those two players together are probably better than Kyrie Irving by himself. You know, and, and again, that might be a little bit rich to say, but insane that I think the whole package will matter. And the whole package will allow the Nets to hopefully make them a better team. I think. Do you think that the Nets could end up being a better team out of this Kyrie Irving trade request, Nick? Or is it going to be the sort of James Harden scenario where where we're drinking the Kool-Aid about, well, Ben fits better alongside Katie and Kyrie? And that was literally me like about 12 months ago, guys. Um, But in, in saying that, could the Nets be better without Kyrie Irving and with the package of Chris Paul and some decent role players? Yeah,
1: I think to defend you real quick, the Ben Simmons that we saw and his best in Philadelphia probably could, you know, fit really well with this team. But that guy doesn't seem to be anywhere to be found. But I think the Nets could be a more well-rounded team, a more balanced team, but they're not going to have the same talent level because Kyrie Irving's value is probably never going to be, you know, Balanced out in a trade, you know, you never get back the same return regardless. And when Kyrie's at his best, he is probably a top 15 player, especially the way he played over the course of the last couple of weeks. Obviously, very inconsistent, has not been ideal in the postseason for the Nets. Nick, you know, can
2: I also just to interrupt yeah. you because in terms of the, the inconsistency, this stat reflects that. And I got this from Nets Reddit. It shocked me. Kyrie's never played 12 games in a row in a Brooklyn Nets uniform. I don't know if you saw that or if that's been around Twitter as well, but that is insane. And uh, the, for the person that did that research, I'm sorry I can't shout out the user, but like he played the postseason where I think the Nets played like nine games or, or, or stuff like that, but not to play 12 games in a row. Like KD's done that, I think pretty much every year as a Brooklyn Nets. It just shows you, you know, the inconsistency that Kyrie Irving has had as a Brooklyn Nets and, you know, in, in the rest of his career
1: yeah no, that that's a huge stat to be honest. that's a that's a really strange stat to to be fair. like to not play twelve straight games for a team when you're a superstar player is just kind of strange. but I think that is just a good summary of Kyrie and Annette's uniform. you know he just has not been available for numerous reasons. so, you know, they say the the best players are the ones that are available. Um, and if you're not around and these other guys I could potentially trade for, you know, are able to stay consistent and perform probably at a lesser level, but do it, you know, every game or most games, then you feel pretty good about that. So I think the Nets won't be a more talented team, but there's a way to balance out. And I think that there would probably have to be some level of identity change moving forward with, you know, this team.
2: Yeah, there needs to be a greater strength and depth, hopefully. You know, you're giving up Kyrie Irving, hopefully you're getting a decent enough point guard as well as one or two role players so you're extending the depth of your rotation or the strength of your rotation so you're going nine deep now rather than you know eight quality players which we've sort of talked about and we've talked about at length about you know the guys that are going to matter on the brooklyn nets other guys are going to be able to play in the postseason can seth do that can joe do that can Patty do that you know all these sort of guys that we've alluded to but if the nets can get guys in return in in some form of package you know Bridges Crowder, you know, is Crowder in that? Crowder's probably more of a question mark. He hasn't played in, in, in freaking yeah. ages, but uh, I guess in, in saying well, that... Well, just Nick, before you...
1: you move to the next one, Jack, sure. I think another thing to, to touch on there too is you, you, you're you obviously downgrading at the point guard position, but are you able to upgrade in other slots? You know, maybe your second best player is now, you know, you know, Chris Paul or something like that, but you upgrade a position, you know, four and five, where it used to be Royce O'Neal and... I don't even know who we'd probably put there uh, at this point in time. And now maybe that's two quality role players that are more consistent than, you know, Joe Harris and Seth Curry or have more two way ability. And sometimes that can make all the difference, especially in the postseason, and just having guys that aren't going to get hunted as much.
2: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. It, it, it really does matter. Like you're, you're two way. And we spoke about it quite a bit on the, on the Washington Wizards recap, just guys that can just play basketball that aren't going to yep. be, you know, aren't too are aren't liabilities in, in one form or another. Now, We'll get to before, we wanted to do a quick hitter on this one because by the time this is out, maybe the Kyrie Irving trade is done. But we are to a couple of trade packages and proposals, Nick. You've done plenty of them behind the scenes. (laughs) I won't bring all of them to the forefront. We've seen a lot on Nets Twitter. You've been doing your work. Bill Simmons did his work. Now, tell me why the Nets aren't going to get Mike Conley and Jared Vanderbilt, as Bill Simmons said. No, that was just absolutely idiotic from a guy that gets paid to talk about basketball. A lot of money, too. A lot of freaking money, man. And and we're just down here, you know, doing our thing for Blue Wire. But in (laughs) saying that, what trade packages appeal to you the most? We sort of said, you know, Chris Paul, Zach Levine, these sort of players and, you know, three-team sort of packages. What makes sense to you? And look, thankfully, we had our guy Corey Waldron sort of balance us out a little bit so we wouldn't be too biased and like, yeah, we're going to get O.J. Obi, Mikael Bridges, Chris Paul, and Zach Levine all at once and get Ben Simmons out of there as well. But trying to maintain a sense of objectivity and realism to it, what are packages that are appealing and that make sense? Yeah, I
1: think the biggest question mark right now is trying to figure out what the value is of Kyrie Irving and how many teams realistically are trying to compete for him. And it was becoming a situation where they're trying to prevent someone else from getting them. Can you apply pressure like Sean Marks is trying to do through Woj right now to maybe get that extra pick or swap or whatever it might be to kind of push you to that next level? You know, I think... The most realistic packages that are probably on the table is going to be the Lakers, two first round picks, you know, one probably unprotected, one probably lightly protected and Russell Westbrook going to another team. Is that enough for you to find some level of or combination of players to come back to the Nets to be competitive, you know, including maybe the Nets pick? You know, obviously the one that we've seen thrown out there has been Kyrie and Joe Harris or Seth Curry to the Lakers for the two first round picks. Russell Westbrook going to the Raptors with those picks. The Nets also sending picks to the Raptors, and the Nets coming out with Gary Trent and OG Ananobi. You know, that would be a very good trade. Is that something that the Raptors would do? I'm not really sure. Obviously, Masai is someone that's extremely difficult to deal with. The asking price for Trent has been one pick, and the asking price for OG has been three first round picks. Do I think that the Nets could get that done? Maybe, but at the same time, it feels like they'd be kind of annoying about taking on Russell Westbrook, so that's that would be kind of an ideal trade. What do you think of that
2: one, Jack? I, I think it would be an ideal trade as well, Nick. But it, the the thing that I'm just sort of processing is because this has been so rapid in and so surprising and, and out of nowhere, those three teams deals are always so much more complicated. Like it, it harks back to like the James Harden, and people were bringing up three team scenarios, but it ended up being just James Harden for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, and and and, and that was sort of it. That's why. For me, I'm not leaning towards this is what I want, but I'm leaning towards a simplicity of Chris Paul crowd up, a first-round pick or something, being more likely. And and I I don't think that that is the best deal in the world I think it's good enough does it give Sean Marks you know enough leverage to sort of move that first rounder for something else Nas Reid whoever else Alex Caruso or or, or other sort of players I think you're really good when it comes to this trade stuff which is why I like to hear your thoughts on because you had a lot of really great proposals from people in your mentions as well when you threw out what's the best package that could come in return the one you alluded to was in there the one that I alluded to was also in there how do you feel about that one And, and maybe if it's more likely to be a simple trade or A more complex three four team deal.
1: Yeah, I think if the Lakers are involved, it almost has to be a three team trade. I don't see any scenario where Russell Westbrook is playing in a Brooklyn Nets uniform or they're buying him out, especially with a report of the Nets wanting to be competitive and make these moves quick. But like you said, the Suns move is probably the simplest move. You know, it's like you said, Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, first round pick for Kyrie Irving. You know, maybe you try to squeeze Cam Johnson in there. I did some work where I put Royce O'Neill in that trade and trying to maybe get an extra swap out of the Suns, not even a full first round pick. Maybe you're getting some extra second round picks. I think you're doing everything you can to gain even the smallest asset or player to help your team. And like you said, you make that trade and then hopefully you can bounce back and make another trade with that pick or you feel more comfortable moving two picks and keeping one. You know, I think Gary Trent has been a guy that's been very attainable for the Nets because the asking price is a contract match in a first round pick. You know, the Raptors have made it very apparent they're not going to bring him back. So I think if you were able to turn Kyrie Irving to Chris Paul, Gary Trent and Jay Crowder, it's not the best situation, but there's definitely way worse.
2: No, and, and I think that what we sort of heard from most as we discussed, uh, the Nets are prioritizing trying to win. And you know does that come straight from Sean Marks having known he's had a conversation with Kevin Durant? You know, and Kevin Durant, we heard that from Woj again, was surprised about the so I think again, it's it's about going, you know, what's gonna appease Kevin Durant, what's gonna give him the best chance of winning a championship. And I think that a deal that gets talent and depth and you know, probably doesn't prioritize picks unless they're going to be moved in in, in some form or fashion to get a Gary Trent Jr. to get you know these sort of guys that strengthen the rotation and sort of you know really get the moves going because as you alluded to, if the Nets could have got Jeremy Grant last year, then who knows what where, where the Nets could be right now. Uh, sorry, not Gary Trent Jr. Uh, Jeremy Grant last year. So I another think what if? if <laughs> uh, another what if? Like just so many goddamn what ifs. Um, in, in saying that, Nick, are there any other packages that appeal to you? And I guess. What is the best package that the Nets could attain? What's the most realistic package that you see them attaining? Is it that Suns one? At the, and what do you think is the worst package that the Nets are likely to accept? And is it probably going to be the Mavs, where it's like Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith?
1: Yeah, I think they might even actually have. Yeah, the the one that's been rumored for the Mavs is kind of confusing. You know, there's been different versions of it. Some have had Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Christian Wood which is like three good role players, none being great. Um, some have had just Dinwiddie Woody and uh, Dory Finney-Smith in a first-round pick. You know, could that be something that interests the Nets? Obviously, Spencer, a big point guard, inconsistent production-wise. Dory Finney-Smith is someone that Kevin Durant has praised in the past and said that's somebody that, you know, every NBA player would like to play with because of how hard he plays. So that's a bonus right there. At the end of the day, I think – It's like all these trades can provide you some level of role player, but you need to probably use that pick and try to spice it up. And like I said, Gary Trent could be a guy. Ideally, it would be OG. Can you figure out a way to bring OG to Brooklyn? Obviously, Toronto has had him on the market. He wants the bigger role. This would be a great opportunity for him to pick up more of a scoring load, even if they pick up Chris Paul or anybody else. But like I said, dealing with Masai can be tough. And as you mentioned, you know, draft picks don't really matter right now. You know, you're trying to just get as much as you can in this window. And that means sending the Philly first Nets 2029 20, on protected and a first you acquire from one of these other teams. You try to get that done. And I think that's that's really where I'm at. And I think that could be more of the game breaker. It's like, what are they going to do potentially with an asset they acquire from these trades? Because nothing in these trades is sexy or beautiful. Like it's nothing's going to be like, wow, this is so good. Chris Paul's a good player and could help keep Kevin Durant happy, but he has a million injuries. He also is in on the decline as well. So it's not like he's, you know, the prettiest player to get back. You know, you, Corey and I talked about uh, Zach Levine. You know, we mentioned him in the last pod as well. Could that be something that happens straight up with Chicago, or could that be part of a three team trade with the Lakers? You know, there's just a lot of different avenues and it's just trying to, I really think try to find a way to get a first round pick. For me, that's just like seems to be something that's important. And if that means giving up Seth Curry, Royce O'Neill or Joe Harris, you might have to do it just so you can make a bigger splash,
2: yeah, assets, 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 yeah. and just just get them and use them to strengthen and deepen your rotation and the quality of it. And that's that's what matters at the end of the day. And how that arrives at the the destination. We'll have to wait and see this has happened to us twelve months ago, and we weren't. Totally happy with the how it arrived, but we'll see how it pans out. Hopefully it's better in, in part two of the trade deadline chaos of, of Nets world. But any final thoughts, Nick, before we wrap this one up?
1: I'll just give out my probably favorite mock trade that I created today. Um, I posted one. I adjusted it slightly. Uh, to the Suns, you have Kyrie Irving and Royce O'Neal. To the Nets, you have Chris Paul, OG. And to the Raptors, you have Jay Crowder. Uh, the Nets 29, 20 uh, first-round pick, the Suns 2025 first round pick and the Sixers 2027 first round pick. So the Raptors are getting three first round picks, Jay Crowder's salary, and the Nets are receiving Chris Paul and OG in this situation. The Suns are getting Kyrie Irving and Royce O'Neill, and Royce O'Neill filling in kind of that Jay Crowder role for them. Obviously Kyrie, is giving them a real shot to win the West this year. It's just, is that enough for the Raptors to be happy? Do you have to maybe find another move in there to kind of spice that up? But this would probably be my ideal scenario is getting back, you know, Chris Paul and OG, you know, fills in the point guard role and adds an elite wing to this team in terms of defense and role player production.
2: Yeah, I think that would make the Nets a, a a really credible, you know, that you'd give them a decent grade in, in that sort of return in, in the trade sort of summation. And look, OGN and Obi, we've been such big fans of him. We've chatted about him in, in the trade deadline pods, you know, before all this chaos happened and how much we love him. He's been my number one target. And if the Nets were to acquire him, you know, they have a guy that could be their 2A, 2B, 2C, sort of just in that sort of realm of, of play. He's really talented, incredible defensive player. But we can dream, hopefully some dreams, some similar to dreams do come true because, because Nets fans would have to plenty of not Nick.
1: Yeah, I think uh, the problem really right here that comes back to bite the Nets is you know all those picks being sent off for James Harden. It feels like every mock trade I'm trying to put together is one pick short, and that's really what the struggle is right now. But, Jack, always a pleasure. I'm sure we're going to be doing another one of these, if not for actual trade, more trade rumors. But big thanks, everybody, for listening. Check the buzz on all streaming platforms.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why?